haven't figured out how to reduce how to reduce this how to, how reduce to introduce this yet um so this, this is, is crooked news this is crooked news we need to get like the sound that we can afford the rights to that's like a newscast bum, bum, bum. yeah yeah <laughs> or we can just do that bum, bum, bum. <laughs> You're listening to Cricket News. Happy Friday. Yes. Um Hope you enjoyed my screaming into the microphone. I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. Good. <laughs> so I've got some great stories for you today. I'm super excited. Except that I get to go first this week, I think. Okay. Do we are we alternating or I mean Do you I wanna just pick who's funniest and how do you want to do this? <laughs> How did you do? Um, you can go first. I'll go second. I go first every fucking Monday, so you go first. Okay. You get to go first this time. Okay. On Fridays, you go first. Okay. <laughs> On Wednesdays, if we anyone else need yes, <laughs> if anyone else needed it restated seven times, there you go. Okay. So, <laughs> do you want? I have four little stories for you. Okay, wait a minute. So this is the episode on Friday where we read funny shit from the news slash history. And we have a good time. Yep. I don't know. We should write an introduction. Yeah, maybe. Um, (laughs) We'll add that to the list. Yes. For tomorrow. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I'll let you pick your adventure here. Ooh, choose your own adventure. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you have four choices. Okay. Oh, my God. That's so many. Okay. You have Boy Who Loves Candy. You have a YouTuber. You have Arson. And you have Florida Mom. Which one do you want to hear first? I want to save Florida Mom. Okay. So... Arson. Let's start with Arson. Arson. All right. And then we'll build from there. Yes. Okay. As we do. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so this is from News9.com. Okay. Um, this happened, or this was posted on uh, June You should 24th. introduce your part. You should say, yeah. like, this is weird news okay. or something. So. so basically, this is weird news from around the world. Yay! Um, most of mine today, or all of mine today, come from um, America. But I do, like, all over. Yeah. Um, so basically... Mine is basically, if it's in the past, I count it as history. <laughs> Um, Especially I today. To, I try to stick to pretty current stuff. I normally go to um, Weird News Reddit, and that puts me in a spiraling hole into all the weird shit that yes. happens on a daily. That's quite a rabbit hole. Yes. So this... I'm so excited. <laughs> this was posted on June 24th, 2019. <gasps> oh so God! four days ago. This is the beginning of the week! <laughs> um, so the article title is, Dell City Woman Accused of Arson... Shooting at home after caught on her own surveillance camera. Oh my god, my eyes just filled with tears. uh, Yeah, and I was like, (laughs) I have to talk about this. Oh my god! (laughs) So, um, this was in Dell City, Oklahoma. Of course it fucking was. I love it. Okay. (laughs) Last week. Already (laughs) crying. This does not bode well for later. (laughs) Last week, 59 year old Annie Durham was accused of setting her neighbor's house on fire. Now, the Dell City woman finds herself in even more trouble. Durham is also now accused of shooting up that same house before lighting it on fire. Oh my god, she shot the house? Yeah. Oh my god! Firefighters said they caught Durham on camera committing the crimes. The odd twist, (laughs) those security cameras belonged to the suspect. They were hers! (laughs) They caught her on her security camera. (gasps) So she had a security system at her house Mm -hmm. and then did this shit to her neighbor's house. Yes. Oh my god. So it caught in everything she did. It did. It's so funny they have videos posted. Um, oh Ar- my god. I- 
<laughs> our fire investigators in reviewing the footage, not only did they capture her all allegedly starting the fire, they also found several incidents allegedly pointing a firearm and discharging it into the neighboring house, said Fire Chief Brandon Purcell. Neighbors told firefighters that Durham had a hostile relationship with her neighbor. According to court documents, Durham stated uh, the victim had recently tried to file a complaint on her for cutting and throwing limbs in his yard. Others in the neighborhood said that the So crime she was cutting limbs off of a tree and throwing them in her neighbor's yard like a huge dick. Yeah. Oh my god. Set that on fire. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Others in the neighborhood said that the crime has be- has recently been overwhelming. When I got home, my neighbor told me that the lady two streets down had started a fire, said Dwayne um, Cal... Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yes. <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson lives here. <laughs> in Florida. No. In Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma. I had this in Florida. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Uh, there is a Florida story in here. I but forgot. This is from Dwayne K. I got two little babies, and I don't want them growing up around hoodlums, teaching them how to steal. <laughs> then nowadays, drugs, they are everywhere, which has nothing to do. <gasps> no! <laughs> <laughs> we gotta keep our children away from the drugs. That's not what happened here, bud. Um, we just gotta keep our kids away from the drugs. <laughs> He's He added that there have been a rash of car burglaries lately. As for the fire... Also not relevant. Yeah. (laughs) As for the fire, it happened June 10th on Becker Place. The burned house had already been condemned before the fire. Oh my god, it didn't even matter. (laughs) Firefighters said the city will decide what comes next for the property. And that is the end of that one. It was condemned and she said it on... Nothing... Oh my god. Yeah, none of this makes sense. She literally accomplished nothing. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. (laughs) That's like saying, oh, look, a pile of twigs. <laughs> I'll set it on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Which you can do in your own yard. Yes. You cannot set a neighboring house on fire. Oh, God. I can't. All right. It, as long as it keeps the kids off drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to She hear- accomplished her mission. <laughs> <laughs> so now do you want to hear about a YouTuber or a boy who loves candy? Candy. Candy? I'm going to go candy. Oh, my God. Am I going to vomit? No. Okay. Okay. So, this is from Sky News. And the article is... Oh, this is in the UK. Oh! Okay. So, not all my stories are in the United States. This is in the UK. It's a British one. Yes. Boy, four, secretly drives great-grandpa's car on mission for sweets. Oh, no! (laughs) Oh my god. And the subtitle is the best part of this entire thing. The US child wanted to buy confectionery. Confectioneries. <laughs> so he took his great grandfather's keys and went for a drive. Um, his name is Sebastian. Of course his name is Sebastian! Crazy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He's adorable. Yes. He's just this little blonde. (laughs) Little baby cake. Children will often do anything for sweets. They will. (laughs) I've heard that. But one American boy has taken his desire for confectionery to the extreme. (laughs) Jenna Swenson's four-year-old son, Sebastian. I can't do it. No, you can't. It's fine. Four-year-old son Sebastian stole his great-grandfather's keys, jumped into his SUV, and drove more than a mile during rush hour to a patrol station in the hope of picking up something sweet. A patrol station? A gas station. Oh, a a petrol station. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's a petrol station. That's a gas station. Yeah. (laughs) I thought you said patrol as in, like, police. Oh, no. That's why I was confused. Um. Petrol. Instead, he was greeted by police. Yeah. Much to his family's relief. Oh my god. <laughs> I just wanted some candy. <laughs> Mum. 
Miss <laughs> Swinton described the thoughts which went through her head during the escapade. She told Fox News, panic, anxiety, a little of almost all the emotions going on, trying to calculate what happened. No one was hurt, but the car and some mailboxes were damaged in Blaine, Minnesota. He hit the mailboxes? <laughs> yes. Wait, it's in Minnesota? I don't know why UK news station is picking this up, but apparently it's in Minnesota. Oh my god, I can't even. The young driver also had a small bump with a tree, leaving behind a part of the just car's frame bumper in a neighbor's garden. Just a bump. Yeah. A bump with a tree that <laughs> dislocated the bumper from the car. Yes. On Tuesday <laughs> morning at around 8.30 a.m., Sebastian climbed onto his great-grandfather's Roy Becker's walker, similar to a Zimmer frame, to reach the car keys, which were hanging high on a wall. The four-year-old appeared to have a good working knowledge of how a Hyundai Santa Fe works, with Mr. Walker commenting, he watches everything people do and he'll repeat it. Oh my god. And the car was damaged. Like, look at that. Oh, (laughs) shit! Yeah. That's a $500 deductible right there. Yeah, that's your whole fucking front left, front right bumper. Yeah. All you I mean it's like fucking disintegrated you guys like that's <laughs> that whole piece yeah that whole like plastic piece at the front has to be replaced oh no <laughs> so he was like bumper carring it yeah just like on the way <laughs> to yeah. get some treats <laughs> i would like some sweets please <laughs> i just drove here i drove where are your parents oh they're not home oh, i can't tell you that because you're a stranger. <laughs> um, despite barely being able to see over the steering wheel, oh Sebastian God. reversed out of the driveway, drove through a number of winding residential streets before making a left turn onto the busy four-lane University Avenue. Oh, my God. <laughs> Witnesses reported they saw the SUV, SUV driving erratically at speeds up to 15 miles per hour before pulling into the car park of a patrol station. Well, at least... Petrol. Petrol. At least it was 15 yeah. miles per hour and not 50. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Look how upset he is. He's driving an SUV though? Yeah. How can he even reach the pedal? <laughs> He's he, four. He was standing like that. So he couldn't see? No. Oh my gosh. He could not see. Oh my gosh. Um... He does look pissed. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. I've never seen a driver this young before operating a vehicle, said Blaine Police Captain Mark Bowerboom. That's the name. That's it. Nailed it. Yep. Mr. Becker said it could have been a very, it could have been very serious. He could have hit a car. He wasn't wearing a seatbelt. We could be talking about a funeral. Oh, that's true. Yep. Sebastian's shocked family will now keep their car keys locked away. (laughs) Yep. We had to install locks at the tops of the doors to keep my brother in the house. Oh, my God. Like, you know, those slide bolt things they have in restroom stalls? Yeah. We put those at the tops of all the doors because my brother would just walk out of the house. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's not funny, but it's funny. Oh, it's fucking funny. (laughs) We lived in a very safe neighborhood. He would be out, like, we would just be, like, looking out the window after, like, taking a break from the TV or something, and then, like, oh, look, James is outside eating a butt, like, eating a tree, (laughs) chewing on a stick. (laughs) Oh, shit, James got out. (laughs) Like, oh, God. he's eating dirt now. Oh, look. (laughs) There he is, eating something poisonous. Let's go get him. Oh, my God. He must have built up quite an immunity. <laughs> yeah, like nothing can touch the dude. So, <laughs> I mean, he's invincible. I've seen that kid run around. I've seen well, He's not a kid now, but like I've seen him run around a coffee table, whack his head on it, and like be fine. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been to the emergency room more than him. <laughs> and you don't seem like the type to go to the emergency room very often. Nope. Wow. All right. One of them was inflicted by my father accidentally. We were playing basketball and he fouled me and broke my finger (gasps) on accident. It was an accident. 100% accident. (laughs) And then the second time was my own stupidity. 
Did I ever tell you about the time that my grandmother hit my mom in the face with an iron skillet? Nope. But that doesn't sound funny. No. So. It was an accident. Like, my mom came into the kitchen and, like, they had been, like, having a conversation and they were yelling back and forth and, like, my grandmother, like, turned around real quick with the iron skillet and didn't know my mom was in there and beat Busted her. In the head her. With it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. One time she threw a can of biscuits at Tamara because she got mad because, um, I don't, I don't know. It was a Christmas. That sounds like a great Christmas yeah. when you get biscuits thrown at your head. Yeah. And, and she, I remember one time when I was little, someone called her. I think they were doing a prank call and I heard them exchange a few words and she, <laughs> What? The home phone sailed across the living room. She was laying on the couch and threw it. <laughs> and it just sailed. Oh my gosh. The room and hit the TV. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh. And one time a doctor called her and she was like, oh yeah, can you hold on a minute? And then she put the phone down and just left it. Oh my god. <laughs> She she could have just hung up, but just, no, she just left it. <laughs> I can't. Okay, so what's next? That was hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> I, I had to find something funny out of all that bullshit. <laughs> uh, that was funny. What do you mean? Oh, I meant like out of my child. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> The bullshit that was oh my, my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> okay. YouTube. Epic right. YouTuber. So, oh my god. <laughs> so this is also from Sky News. Okay. The title. YouTuber Elijah Daniel buys town and renames it Gay Hell to troll Donald Trump. What? He... <laughs> He bought a town. And um, the the subtitle is, Elijah Daniel has been behind a number of stunts aimed at trolling President Donald Trump. He named a town Gay Hell? He did. Welcome to Gay Hell! <laughs> <laughs> um, a YouTuber has bought that this... Makes, I'm sorry. That makes me think of Friends. <laughs> When Chandler is like, you think there's a town in like Utah or something called Sample? <laughs> and then when you're driving into the town, it like there's a sign that says, You're in Sample. Oh, Chandler. <laughs> you're in Sample. Oh. <laughs> and then Ross looks at him and says, do you say this stuff to girls? <laughs> <laughs> it would get me. <laughs> I would be there. Right, He's my favorite. If if someone wrote their number on a lime and threw it at me. On a so lime? This is a pickup lime. <laughs> they would have me. They could have me right there on the floor. <laughs> All right. Um, let's hear this about this about gay hell <laughs> a youtuber has bought the small michigan town of hell and renamed it gay hell wait a minute there's a town in michigan named hell well now it's called gay hell no 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 <laughs> i don't give a shit <laughs> yeah. who named a town in michigan hell because that's fucking hilarious and let's go <laughs> i want to i really want to go oh my god <laughs> what <laughs> yes my mind is more blown over that <laughs> <laughs> than the fact that a YouTuber could buy a town. Yeah. Which is fucking depressing, to be honest with you. But oh my god! What? <laughs> I love it. There's a town? Oh my god. Oh my god. Let's go to hell, guys. Let's go. Oh my god. Oh my god! If you all can get us to hell, <laughs> we'll be forever in your debt. <laughs> I want to get married in hell. No! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! 
I can't. My mind is blown. So Elijah Daniel, 25, <laughs> said he bought it as an act of rebellion against the Trump administration, rejecting requests from U.S. embassies to fly the rainbow flag during Pride Month. Announcing the stunt on Twitter, he joked the only flags allowed to fly in his town were pride flags. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so the tweet. Ahead of Pride Month, Trump's administration put a ban on embassies flying pride flags. So as of today, I'm now the owner of Hell, Michigan. A ban? Yeah. On embassies. Flying the pride flag. Yeah. He said, I bought the whole town. <laughs> and as my first, and my first act as owner, I have renamed my town to Gay Hell, um, Michigan. The only flags allowed to fly are pride. <laughs> um, gay Hell, Michigan has everything. A library, a place to lock your love in gay hell, and even a wedding chapel to get m- gay married in hell. <laughs> he said. <laughs> oh my god. When asked about the name of the town, which reportedly has just dozens of residents, Mr. Daniels told Sky News it was liter- it literally was perfect. When I found out it was for sale, I was like, oh shit, I gotta buy this now, he said. Mr. Daniel, who has nearly 600,000 YouTube subscribers, is openly gay and Whoa. got engaged to his partner, Sam, in January. Oh, Yeah. Congrats. And, yeah. And he said that he was trying to find the easiest political office to hold and found he was able to become the mayor of a town as long as it was small. I contacted like 50 towns and all of them were like, no, you're not allowed to be our mayor. <laughs> and then I hit up hell and they were like, absolutely. He said. <laughs> and then I hit up hell. Oh, my God. The sentence structure is just killing me. Yes. <laughs> um. Aw. Mr. Daniels' latest prank has been trending on Twitter, and a number of users have posted photos standing next to the town sign. That's cute. One couple posted a photo of themselves next to the town's love locks and wrote, Our gay love and legal marriage is forever cemented on the gates of hell. It's what (laughs) Satan would want. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Look at them. Like, they're not, like, the traditional gay men that you would think no like they're awesome like what we were talking about earlier with game of thrones like see it all ties together we brought it full circle yeah oh they're cute right look at their beards aren't they adorable their beards and their khaki pants and their matching shirts and full sleeve tattoos they're awesome i love it (laughs) they're channeling my vibe right now (laughs) Makeup expert and YouTuber Jeffree Star said he would be keen to own a home in gay hell. Oh, my God. (laughs) He tweeted, as part-time Michigan resident myself, I'd love to buy some land in gay hell. A cute pink mansion on a hill. Nothing too fancy. Nothing. (laughs) I can't. I can't. Um, Knight, the singer of rock band Water Parks, also tweeted, I want to go to gay hell with my friends. (laughs) Mr. Daniel said the reaction has been mostly positive and most people understand that it's just a fun joke. This is not the first time Elijah Daniel has pranked the U.S. leader. In 2016, he wrote a 10-page erotic novella featuring the president titled Trump Temptation, The Billionaire and the Bellboy. Oh my god. (laughs) And it was super gay, I bet. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) Asked if Trump... If President Trump was banned from his town, Mr. Daniel said he was not sure he could legally do that, but it had, but had definitely tweeted it. <laughs> Fake news. Sad. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> this could be us, but you playing. Sad. Sad. <laughs> All right. And for our grand finale. I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how can you just buy a town? But is my no, question. my question is how can he ban a flag from being flown? I know. Like that. Um, f- I, your generation is canceled. <laughs> yeah. Canceled. Hard. Done. I'm done. done. <laughs> I, um, mm. Uh, that's upsetting. You yeah. you know, we think we've made strides in this country, and then we have a fucking... Child as Oompa a Loompa as a president. <laughs> a Cheeto. <laughs> yeah, a Cheeto with a comb over. 
I have 100% always said that Donald Trump is an insane person because mm-hmm. no one with that much money has hair that looks like that. No. And, like... Before he was president. I've been saying this for fucking years. Mm-hmm. And then I found out he was running for president, and I was like, oh, that's not gonna happen. Because he's a fucking nutcase. And now here we are. It's almost over. I really fucking hope so. Um, <sighs> all right. So any embassy gets to flag whatever fucking flag they want. Yeah. Is the thing, though. This is America. A freedom of speech. Yeah. And flag flying. That is unconstitutional. Yeah. Republicans. Anyway. Whatever. Take it home, girl. Okay. So this is Bring from- it home. <laughs> This is from WKYT.com, and I have to thank Kita for this, because she sent this to me today, and I was like, oh my god, I'm using it. (laughs) All right. I'm so so. excited. Uh, I love it. I already love it. It's my favorite thing ever. It is the best. (laughs) Florida mom told son, 13, he was dying of cancer. He wasn't. What? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Wait. Yeah. Oh, my God. You heard what you just heard. Wait. Is this... Is it Munchausen's? Yeah, this is (gasps) Munchausen's. This is Munchausen's by proxy! Yeah. Oh, my God! Yeah. This is Munchausen's. Oh, no! She has been sentenced to prison. Fuck yes, she has. So, this is not ending in murder, but... But justice. Yeah. Yes. It's still happening. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That poor boy. Yeah. It's really bad. But, oh, my God. This is a shooting star of crime. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) This was posted today at 4.02 p.m. Today, today? Yeah. So, today is the 29th of June. Well, sorry. It was the 28th. Okay. So, yesterday. after midnight. Gotcha. So, yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Um. Jenny Aravondo will spend time in prison for making up a story about her son having cancer and fundraising for his funeral. <gasps> this is from... Fundraising uh, for his funeral? Yeah. This is from Okaloosa County, Florida. That's fucked up. Yep. Jenny Aravondo, 36, was sentenced on Tuesday to 26 months for one count of child abuse, contributing to the dependency of a minor and of organized fraud after she falsely told her 13-year-old son he was dying from cancer. The county sheriff's department and the Department of Children and Families learned in November 2017, Aravondo was raising money for her son, who she told people had terminal cancer when he did not. Investigators say that she told her son's school staff and the boy's older brother the same and made t-shirts to raise money for the child's funeral. Oh my god. Aravondo also made funeral arrangements for her son. Records show that the child did not have cancer and had never been diagnosed with cancer. How did she get... How did... How did she get caught? I have no idea. It doesn't say? That's all I know. She... She... Wait. Bitch told her kid he had cancer. Mm-hmm. Told everyone else she, he had cancer and was raising money for his funeral, not yeah. his fucking treatment. No, his She funeral. was going to fucking kill him. Yeah. And, like, had already made burial arrangements. That... Oh, my God! Yeah. That's fucking stupid, too. Yeah, By the it's... way, like, what... That's not sustainable. You could have said, oh, he's in remission. Oh, look, I need money for treatments. Kept him alive and used that as, like, cash flow. Yeah. Instead, you said, oh, no, I need fu- I need money for funeral, meaning I will kill my son. End of money. Yep. What a fucking bitch. Oh, my God. Let She's so stupid. I figure out more. That's, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. Her husband was in on it, too. Oh, yeah. This is from the Washington oh my Post. God. 
Um, for the last eight months, a 13-year-old boy from Fort Walton Beach, Florida, believed he was dying of brain cancer. Brain cancer? Yeah. That was a story crafted by Jenny Aravondo Long, 34, and her husband, Robert Edward Long, 47. Oh. My. God. This was their child? Mm-hmm. In May, Jenny Aravondo Long told the boy that he had multiple brain tumors and his time was running out. No. Reality's canceled. Yeah. I quit. I'm done. I'm oh, done. Oh, this is so sad. Okay, don't read it then. Oh, my God. Um, a GoFundMe page created by the Longs raised almost $1,000. Um, Not enough for a funeral, but a solid effort. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so glad that they got arrested for child abuse. Yeah, and good God, they deserve... I'm sorry, like, I'm not about, like, forced sterilization, but Mm -hmm. you don't get to have children anymore. No. What in the hell? The Department of Children and Families has removed the child and another sibling from the Good! Um, The children are in foster care. Oh, fuck. That's not great. No. I hope they find a good situation. That sucks. Yeah, I do too. Okay, well, are you ready to laugh your ass off and have a really fun time at how fuck it, how fucked up life is? Yes. Okay, so one of my passions is fucking theme park weirdness. <gasps> Yay. I'm so excited. You have no idea. You ready for some Disney? Yes. Okay. Hang on. I have to pull my shorts out of my asshole. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to start with some of the ones that we've probably already heard, and then I think I'm going to turn this into a series that I follow when I feel like it. Okay. So I figured I'd get the fun ones out of the way, and then I'll deep dive for some weird shit yeah. in the future, because there's so much. Because we apparently should do a theme park episode, like actual episode. Oh my god, we should. Because apparently theme parks are as bad as like cruise ships, in that it's like just a void of nonsense. Did you hear him like... I thought maybe Josh should come home or something. He's just laying out there licking himself. Mm. Okay, so I found I'm not going to claim to have written any of this because I didn't write any of this. This is from an article from Cracked.com called Five Crazy Stories from the Early Days of Disneyland. (gasps) I'm so excited. Early days. So it's history. Yeah. So my segment is always weird history. So you ready? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. I'm sorry. I just yawned. No, you're fine. I'm tired. So, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride was, and still might be, decorated with real skeletons. <gasps> no. Yeah. Oh, gross. You've heard about Poltergeist, right? You know, Poltergeist, they use real skeletons on the set because it was cheaper to get real skeletons in, as opposed to fake ones made in the prop department. Well, that's why everyone was cursed. Yeah, dude. So it says, think fast. What's your favorite Disney? What's your favorite ride at Disneyland? And why are you lying about it not being Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> <laughs> it might. Mine is actually Haunted House. I, yeah. Haunted Mansion is my favorite yeah. for sure. Um, it might have resulted in Johnny Depp's career being extended way beyond its natural lifespan. Sure. But it's so cool. What with the waterfalls and the pirates and the cannons and the real desiccated skulls laying everywhere. It's also, like, super rapey, but whatever. Pirates were. So, um, kidding. They weren't, quote, everywhere. They aren't, quote, everywhere anymore. There are only a few left in the ride, they think. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, oh, my God. Can I, can I tell a story real quick? Hang on. Let me, let me finish this one and then I promise I'll let you tell your story. Okay. Okay. Oh, no. What happened? No, 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 no. No, I don't want you to turn on sticky keys. I want you to go up. Okay. <laughs> um, you see, when the ride was built in 1967, it cost $105 million. Oh, my God. A sum that went into making... I don't know what that is. Possibly the... M- what? Into making potsy? Oh, Sorry. <laughs> I'm 30. Okay. (laughs) A sum that went into making Pirates of the Caribbean (laughs) the most in every way possible. From the animatronics to the lighting to special effects to puffy shirts. 
According to a book by former Disney producer Jason Searle, the only problem they had was finding decorative skeletons that didn't look like they'd spent the best part of the last century sitting in your grandma's attic. Utilizing this sort of ingenuity that lands you the job of designing theme park rides, the team hit up some friends at UCLA Medical Center <gasps> no. and asked if they wouldn't mind handing out some medical specimens. Oh, no, 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 no. And it worked! The ride was a smash hit with park patrons who probably weren't aware that they were now subject to the dumbest curse imaginable. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least they were donated. Like, at least those people donated their bodies to it, and they didn't just go digging people up. True. As far as we know. Over time, oh, I would this, hope not. Uh, over t- I know. Over time, as over time, the skeletons were replaced with better-looking replicas and given a proper burial. Or at least most of them were. Maybe. Oh my god. Although it's hard to say for sure. There's a re- there's reason to believe that there are a few there are still a few genuine body parts occupying the ride. Identifiable thanks to the fact that they look a lot more discolored <gasps> than the fakes. And also possess anatomical features that its doubtful model makers would have bothered to include. It's hard to confirm these as real without security attempting to turn you into a human pinata, but the legends might be true about there being a disembodied head at Disneyland, folks. Okay, so I'm extremely horrified by that. That's the fucking worst. Yeah. When um when I went to Disney with my aunt when I was in like fourth grade, we went on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. And like, I That's remember, a fun ride. Yeah. I I remember that trip very vividly. Mm-hmm. But like I was, we were on it and like we got stuck. Like there were a few rides that we got stuck on. Like oh, no. we got stuck on this one and. um, It's a small world? Because fuck that. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, like, <laughs> I would. Oh my God. I'd rather die. <laughs> we, we were stuck on this one and like it was completely dark and like we were we were all on with all those fucking dolls yeah oh well, my god well this was in pirates in pirates Caribbean. okay gotcha like and we had no idea what was going on and like um we had stopped moving and this guy on the boat like he had a flashlight with him and he's like hey guys let me see what's coming up so like i can so we can like be prepared and like he shines it and there's a giant like fucking waterfall in front of us oh no holy shit oh my god (laughs) but like we were stuck for a good few minutes before it like actually went on but like well you know what i mean the 80s are canceled so that ride is awesome by the way why it was so freaky there were actual human body parts dead men tell no tiles that's the part i remember the most is the skeleton at the beginning like turning the pirate ship and the wind and the rain and oh it's, it was so good the only part i remember from that whole series was the part where like johnny depp's character like died for a minute and like his skeleton was like fighting well, that's interesting yeah it's so good yeah i love that movie uh-huh. i love the first one so <laughs> much <laughs> it was so good um okay number are you ready yeah for the next one mm-hmm you could fly to Disneyland by helicopter. Oh. Until two crashed in the same year, killing 44 people. <gasps> oh, no. Driving to Disneyland in a car full of children is an experience equal to journeying through the nine circles of hell. <laughs> yeah. Except we don't remember the Divine Comedy making reference to anyone having to poop at the world's dirtiest truck stop. <laughs> <laughs> It's not like the good old days when tourists were able to beat the crowds entirely and fly fly straight into the park. Courtesy of the frequent helicopter shuttle provided by Los Angeles Airways. Visitors can fly from from LAX to a helicopter to a heliport built near the park and back again. In a little under 20 minutes. Oh, my God. All for the princely sum. How much do you think it cost? 
$4,000. I was close. <laughs> I had a four in there. Alongside luxury and the obligatory cocaine-like ego boost that riding <laughs> along anywhere in a helicopter provides, yeah. riders were also able to experience a breathtaking view of the park that few have seen since the Halcyon days. Albeit for a very good reason. Mm-hmm. There's actually a picture of the helicopter next to Cinderella's castle. Ooh, I want to see. Right here. Ooh. Neat. I love Cinderella's castle. It's cute. In May 1968, a shuttle carrying 20 passengers and three crew... crashed en route to LAX from Disneyland after encountering mechanical difficulties. Whilst flying over the city, witnesses reported that the helicopter started lurching uncontrollably, although the crew attempted to lighten the load by throwing cargo over the (laughs) side. (laughs) I mean... Uh, what else do you do? Their efforts <laughs> to reduce how badly gravity was trying to screw them were proven to be for naught by the helicopter suddenly nosediving into the ground. <laughs> oh, oh no. those poor people. I'm just I'm not I'm not laughing at their deaths. I'm laughing at the image of them starting to go down and shoving all their shit off of the <laughs> off of the helicopter. <laughs> To absolutely no avail. Oh, my God. That's just ridiculous. Um, Everyone aboard was killed. And what was deemed then the the worst, the then worst civilian helicopter disaster in U.S. history. Well, I'm sure there were a ton of kids on there, maybe some newly married couples. Like, that's so sad. I should dig up the now worst civilian helicopter (laughs) disaster in U.S. history. Unfortunately, there was about to be competition in that department. In the aftermath of the accident, it was found that a single missing bolt had caused the rotor blades to essentially dismantle themselves midair. Oh, no. You'd expect such a failure to be the needing to have working rotors in order to not kill a bunch of people machines Mm -hmm. to cause the fleet to be grounded while they were checked for problems, and they were. It's too bad that Almost immediately after service was resumed, the same freaking thing happened again. No. In August 1968, only three months after the first crash, a copter traveling from LAX to Disneyland carrying 18 passengers and three crew dropped out of the sky from a height of 1,500 feet after, you guessed it, the rotor blades separated from the craft. Of course. All 21 people aboard were killed in what was probably the then second worst civilian helicopter disaster. Second worst civilian <laughs> helicopter disaster in, in U.S. history, including the grandchild of the CEO of Los Angeles Airways. Yeah. The service was grounded again, and the ensuing lawsuits, legal costs, and strike actions shuttered the shuttle. Which, let's face it, was probably just as well at that point. Oh, yeah. Too many people were dead because oh, of yeah. that. Not great. Uh, that guy that was doing quality assurance thought it was Quabity Ashwoods. Quabity Ashwoods. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had to do all year. The one year I blow it off. <laughs> <laughs> this happens. <laughs> so sad about debbie brown so sad fuck you creed okay creed is the worst character and i hate him i i love him because he's disgusting and awful and nonsensical and i think it's on purpose well yeah because he's a serial killer clearly yeah um there's been a murder then you you have been accused of a murder oh excuse me i'll be right back <laughs> as I run to my car. <laughs> Disneyland used to have, quote, real, unquote, mermaids swimming near razor sharp propellers. <gasps> no! In building Disneyland, Walt Disney strived for a level of immersion, just sigh of hallucinogenic. Nothing in the park, nothing, 
could remind his guests that they were paying crazy amounts of money to ride average-ish fairground rides and cheer as their kids kicked a costumed performer in the groin. <laughs> <laughs> this is a wonderful article. This, I know, it's so fucking funny. I didn't write any of this shit, you guys. I was way too busy this week. So, um... This is the same philosophy that resulted in a supervillain-esque tunnel complex being built beneath the park. Although we're not sure where the communal under underwear fits into this. Oh, gross. When the time came to build a mermaid la- to build a mermaid lagoon to drive submarines into, you can bet that Uncle Walt made damn sure that they were the most mermaidy acting mermaids money could buy, up to and including their willingness to damn near shear their faces off. So these are people in costume. I hate Walt Disney. He he was an anti-Semite and he was the worst. He also haunts the park still. Yeah, anyway, of course he does. In 1959, Disneyland opened Submarine Voyage, a ride which allowed visitors to experience what it was like to ride in a submarine and enjoy through the briny depths of the ocean, including seeing sea monsters and mermaids, which sounds great on paper. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. That sounds yeah. fucking awesome. I would ride that. Mm-hmm. Of course, we don't mean real mermaids, but as you know, Disney wouldn't go into the genetic engineering they use until they created Justin Timberlake in the 1990s. In the <laughs> 90s, we're talking about starfish bra-wearing, fake tail-clad women who made an easy forty-five dollars a week. I mean, it was the fucking 50s, so that's probably a lot. I don't know what the translation to that is now. <laughs> uh, by swimming in the waters of the ride and sunning themselves on a rock. To the delight of onlookers. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. As it happens, however, the ride's submarines used real propellers for authenticity. And so the mermaids would frequently have to worry about being sucked into and vaporized by the blasted (gasps) thing. Oh, no, no, no. There's pictures of the mermaids right here. They're so pretty. Just ladies. Please tell me no one died. Not in the picture. Oh. I, I don't know. We're finding out we're finding out together. So being half naked women having fun in the sun, the mermaids would also have to contend with the lecherous dudes jumping the fence and swimming out to them, presumably in the hope of fertilizing their eggs. Is anyone surprised? No. I mean like mermaids were credited with lure, quote luring sailors to their deaths, meaning they would jump overboard to try and fuck them. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> um real life sirens. Yes. Um <laughs> that is when they weren't showing the mermaids in dollar bills and rolls of quarters like dancers at the world's happiest slash weirdest strip joint. Uh, <laughs> is there a strip club at Walt Disney? No. Okay. They're being silly. Okay. <laughs> it's say. a joke. <laughs> <laughs> the problems with male guests, as well as the general dangers of asking people to swim in a dirty pool of flotsam, jetsam, and razor blades, eventually convinced Disney to call quits on this one and stick to cartoon merfolk. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound like anyone died. Okay, good. It was just dangerous. We're almost done. Okay. okay. You ready? Uh-huh. The CIA advo- advised Walt Disney on preventing the government from meddling with Disney World. Not too long ago, we told you just how Disney World is, legally speaking, a, se- a, a, a secessionist state outside the reach of the government. Secessionist state outside the reach of the government and its unfair insistence on rules and stuff. I'm going to pull my Florida panhandle accent. I hate everything. Into this. It's pretty weird arrangement for what is essentially a high-class Chucky. Chucky Cheese. <laughs> oh, Chucky Sorry, Cheese I'm going to I'm going to take that sentence one more time. I'm sorry. It's pretty weird. It's a pretty weird arrangement for what is essentially a high-class Chucky Cheese is. But how did it come to be in the first place? Mm-hmm. How, I want to know. How? We're pretty sure that though Walt Disney was an eccentric mother flipper, <laughs> he had better things to do than host a coup, de, a coup de ca. Coup d'etat? Coup d'etat. Sorry. 
Coup d'etat. I don't know French. Well, it's partially that's partially correct in that he didn't have the time. No, he palmed the job off to the CIA, who were more than happy to help. They had experience in this sort of thing, after all. After he'd finished purchasing the land for their proposed park, Disney was left with more than 40 square miles after his company's control, under his company's control. Eager to help, eager to keep as much of that out of the government's grasping mitts as possible, Disney teamed up with William Donovan, also known as the, quote, father of the CIA, and Paul Helliwell, a lawyer who was part of the efforts to overthrow Fidel Castro, to help build, at least with, lest we remind you, a cartoon character-filmed theme park. Because that needs to uh, dodge the government. <laughs> so how do you solve a problem like government oversight? How? How do you solve a problem like Maria? <laughs> oh, that's easy. You create two ghost cities. The city of Bay Lake and the city of Lake Buena Vista. And populate them with your own workers who, in exchange for certain privileges, agree to run the town in whatever way their corporate overlords want. Under this arrangement, Disney gets what it wants, freedom from the state, zero taxation, exemption from environmental regulations, maybe a goat sacrifice or two. That wouldn't surprise <laughs> And the workers get what they want. Example, to live next to Disney World in, and line-cutting privileges at Space Mountain. I love Space Mountain. Um, there are some pesky issues with that, though. Shocking. Mm -hmm. Namely, that it violates certain parts of the Constitution and requires that all workers toe the line politically unless they want to be homeless. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess that's a small price to pay for wholesome family-friendly fun, right? <laughs> Small price. I Tiny. want the government of my business. Okay, last one. Okay. I found some memes that that reminded me of that I want to show to you. Nice. That reminds me of something you remind me to when we're finished. Okay. Okay. A former Nazi interrogator made the mosaics in Cinderella's castle. Yeah, that doesn't fucking surprise me. As anyone who has ever undergone a midlife change in career knows, that stuff is hard to pull off. <laughs> <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> that's all the doubt about whether you did the right thing, the constant line of questioning about why your old place was so bad, and the general confusion that comes from, say, spending 50 years as the coal miner, only to take up fluffing. <laughs> For Hans Scharft, Scharf. Scharf. Hans Schaff, however, sorry, I keep burping. Okay. It was a pretty easy, stress-free decision to move from the illustrious world of designing mo the mosaics that adorned Disneyland and Epcot. After all, his previous job was, quote, Nazi interrogator. And no, we don't mean that he interrogated Nazis. Nope. Killing Nazis. Mm -hmm. During World War II, Scharf served as an interrogator with the Luftwaffe. Luftwaffe. <laughs> tasked with no, dredging. I can't with German words. <laughs> <laughs> Luftwaffen. <laughs> um, tasked with dredging information about out-of-captured Allied pilots and other POWs. He only managed to avoid being assigned a shift as a gallows tester at Nuremberg because he was one of those rare interrogators who didn't like hurting people. So there's that. Well, thank the good lord. He'd only fallen into the job but first after his superiors were wiped out in a non-Disney-related plan accident. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. don't feel bad for him. I'm sorry I'm laughing about the helicopters still. <laughs> not only, not only, and also not because of any raging blood loss. Bloodlust, not blood loss. That's mm -hmm. different. <laughs> um, 
Consequently, he was totally down on beating people, figuring that... (laughs) Figuring that there must be a better way, gosh dang it. Even if he was working for the actual Nazis and all. Scharf found that better way in the art of manipulating minds. Instead of strapping pilots to chairs and electro-wiring their nuts, Scharf would simply let his newfound friends talk. One of his favorite gambits was to use his extensive intelligence network to build up a complete picture of each pilot and then lord his superior knowledge over them, making sure to get certain pieces of information wrong. His prisoners, desperate to one-up him, would then, crea- would then correct him, not knowing that they'd given him the information that he needed. Sherlock does that. Yep. By the way, it's fucking effective. Yep. I mean, it would fucking work on me. I cannot stand for things to be incorrect. So <laughs> I would 100% correct you. Yeah. Um, his success rate... I would be a terrible fucking hostage. <laughs> his success rate was also helped by his habit of taking his prisoners on long walks through the local woodland. Where they would share cigarettes, frolic, and talk about, like, home and the war and stuff. That in, that in a parallel universe lost them the war. Sharf would also arrange other experiences for his guests. Dining with high command, visiting the local zoo, enjoying baked goods provided by Sharf's wife, and so on. It was pretty much how you'd get a toddler to spill war secrets. <laughs> One prisoner even afforded was even afforded the opportunity to fly to Messerschmitt. That's a place. Mm-hmm. A Messerschmitt... No, it's a plane. I'm so sorry. Fly a Messerschmitt fire plane, albeit with one with little to no fuel and no machine guns. Sheriff was kind, but he wasn't a, as gullible and easily manipulated as um, our people. Yeah. He was doing this, too. Um, despite being a foot soldier for history's great evil, Scharf was a well respect was well respected by his prisoners. And come the end of the war, he was able to hit up some of his old contacts for advice about moving to the United States. Oh my God! Once there, he discovered his true passion: mosaic art. He established a workshop in New York City. His business booming, he subsequently moved to California, where he was. Sorry. It's okay. So sorry. He subsequently moved to California where he was soon contracted to de- decorate Cinderella's castle and Epcot. It's all well and good stealing Nazis for for NASA. <laughs> but did they ever make a child spi- smile? We think not. No. And that's it. That Again. Was a really interesting article. <laughs> none of that was written by me. That was written by Adam Wares. He's on Twitter and Facebook, and he's from Craig.com. And I thought it was interesting, too. It wasn't what I was expecting. No. But I enjoyed every bit of it. Mm-hmm. It was super dark and crazy. Yeah. Which is what we're all about here. Yes. <sighs> all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Check us out on our social media. We lo- We would love for you to give us money. Yes, please. Um, we're super drunk, though, so sorry if that came across super weird. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you can uh, revisit our previous, uh, some of our previous episodes to understand how all the tiers work on our Patreon. And remember, you are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Check out our Tumblr blog, at Talk Crooked, for sources and photos. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Talk Crooked. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We are currently a self-funded podcast, so if you would like to donate and receive a shout-out on air, please visit us at patreon.com slash talkcrooked. Eventually, we will start doing listener episodes. If you have your personal stories related to our previous episodes, email us at talkcrooked at gmail.com. For business inquiries or sponsorships, email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. Okay, bye.